0: Please be seated. Well, as I mentioned, it is a great pleasure to be back with you this morning. My wife, Carol, and I were able to be here in the summer months. uh, I think it was back in August, and so to be able to come back is a real pleasure. Uh, Carol sends her greetings and her love. Uh, If you think of it, lift her up in prayer. She lost her father a couple weeks ago. And so she's with her mom today, and they're doing some of the sorting through of things and uh, the things that follows a loss like that. So let's pray together as we take a look into God's Word. God, we welcome your presence here. Thank you for the gift of your Word and the gift of your Spirit. Be present here, God, to illuminate your truth into our hearts and minds and transform us to be more and more like Jesus. In your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, as we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, and that this time of year, there's uh, a couple of things that come to my mind. One one particular experience, this was from a good number of years ago, but it was this time of year, and it makes me think about it. Uh, I had a day off, and it was a day that looked like today, finally, with the sun out and the leaves just in their glory, um, and had some time just to go for a drive and appreciate the colors and the season and things like that and um, no particular place. But as I drove, I found myself out in the direction of the cemetery where all four of my grandparents are laid to rest and it happens to be they're all at the same place. Um, So I decided to stop in and spend some time remembering them as it comes to pass the name of the cemetery is All Saints Cemetery which, of course, you can see why that, in part, reminds me of the occasion today. And as I was spending some time there just reflecting and praying and um, just being quiet in the presence of the Lord, this particular scripture verse just came right to my mind. Um, I hadn't been thinking about it before, but it it just fit perfectly. It's from Hebrews chapter 12, and it reads this way. Therefore It's not that I remembered that whole verse word for word as I was sitting there, but I remembered the bulk of it enough to look it up and then read that and and just be struck by that sense of there in All Saints Cemetery surrounded by those who have gone on before and are on the other side of eternity and in a sense cheering us on as we're on this side of eternity uh, and on our race. The other thing is it talks about This journey of faith being like a race. That's the other thing this time of year makes me think about. I'll tell you what I'll be doing uh, in about a month's time. And as I tell the story, don't get the picture that I'm some, like, real runner or really fast. But I do enjoy running. I do enjoy running with my daughters. And we've done a lot of, they run cross country. I run behind them. And uh, (laughs) we've done some 5Ks and 10Ks together. There's a really fun one in Cleveland that's happened the last few years uh, in December around my birthday. And so we've gotten in the pattern of going along with a couple other friends. Do you know the movie The Christmas Story? It was filmed in Cleveland a couple decades back um, and uh, with Ralphie and Ovaltine and the bunny and all kind of different things. So there's this 5K, 10K race that's themed on The Christmas Story. You start in Public Square. You run over to the west side in Tremont where the house is, the actual house that they used in filming the movie, which is now like a little museum to the movie. Uh, some, some people bought it and turned it into that, turned it into a gift shop, basically. Uh, <laughs> and the 5K ends there, and then if you're doing the 10K, you run back to Public Square. People dress up in all kind of silly costumes of characters in the, the movie. And thousands of people come, people come from other states, faraway places, uh, just enthusiastic about Christmas story, movie, and maybe the beginning of the season. So it's silly, it's fun, uh, and it's just become kind of a, a, a tradition. I don't go in costume, because I'm not that confident yet, but I enjoy seeing the other uh, costumes of the runners. But all along, not just this race, but any race, there's a similar dynamic, one thing being Uh, There's a camaraderie about it, a camaraderie of people who, for some weird reason, want to get up before it's light outside, and it's usually cold, and put on funny clothes, and run around, and pay for the privilege of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, it's difficult. If it was easy, everybody would do it, I guess. There's difficulty to it. But anywhere you are, on this race or any other race, there's always people along the sidelines most of whom you don't know, cheering you on. Keep going, keep going. You're almost there, looking good. And then of course at the end, at the finish line, is one of the best parts because there's a big crowd there, cheering you on to cross the finish, well done. And then there's warm Ovaltine served and cookies and all kind of goodies to eat at the end of the race. And it reminds me just of this verse in Hebrews. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So our life in the Lord is this race, and it does take endurance because our life on this side of heaven has some difficulties, has some dangers, has some barriers. We need those around us. We need ourselves together and the thought and the memory of those who've gone before cheering us on, saying, keep going, keep running the race for the glory of the Lord to become more and more like Jesus. Don't quit. Keep going. I heard somebody say once that this this time that we have on earth before we're with the Lord in heaven. Just this little short time is the only time in all of eternity that we get to express our faith, to express our worship, to express our love of the Lord in the context of difficulty, sickness, hardship, loss, all the things that make this journey and this life hard. Just for this little bit of time, we, and I heard that person say, we get to. We get to worship the Lord. We get to look to the Lord in the face of those things. And all the rest of eternity, we'll be with the Lord and get to do all those things, but not with adversity, not with difficulty. <clears throat> so for now, we have this race to run. There's probably not just two obstacles or dangers or barriers that come up in a race, but there's two big ones that I'd want us to look at today. Two things that have a potential to bump us off track. It talks in that verse from Hebrews about uh, the heavy weights that weigh us down and the sin that so easily trips us up. Like I said, there's more than two, but there's at least two big categories of things that can derail us on the race. The first is the temptation to quit running, to give up. Now, I don't mean necessarily give up on the Lord. I don't mean uh, the Lord giving up on us. We put our trust and our faith in Jesus and for what he's done for us and paying the price for our sins on the cross once and for all. Our eternity with him, once we've done that, is established. So this isn't about whether God loves us or not. He's faithful in his love. But it has to do with our race of whether we want to keep on going or slow down, or hop off, and go on the sidelines. What does that look like? Scripturally, um, I won't go deep into it this morning, but just as a reference, you can see part of this in Joshua chapter 22. And late in the book of Joshua, the people of God have crossed the Jordan. They've entered into the land of promise at long last. They've had many battles and conquered cities, seen the walls of Jericho fall, And experienced many things, and now they're in, they're possessing, they're taking hold of the land that God gave them. In Joshua 22, there's an interesting thing that's happening. Now that they're, I wouldn't say settled, but they're established in the promised land. Joshua is praying, is addressing all the 12 tribes and is praying a blessing upon them. But there's two tribes, the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad, and then another half-tribe, the half-tribe of Manasseh, that they're in a, by their own decision, a different category. And they're before they entered the promised land, even before Moses died, these two tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh asked Moses for permission and said, look, we'll cross the Jordan with you. We'll help you go take the land. We'll fight the battles. We'll get established. But once all that's done, let us come back, cross back over, And back into the desert and give us land here that we can come and just take it easy (laughs) and be done with it. And in Joshua 22, that's exactly what's happening. The people of God are established enough in the promised land that it's time to bless these two tribes and this one half tribe of Manasseh to go back. And Joshua does give them the blessing to do that. But there's an element in that that to me is so understandable, but so sad too. Those two-and-a-half tribes just decided, we were with you. We got, we moved the ball down the field this far, we're established, but we're done. We had enough. <laughs> we're going to just go back, settle down, back to the desert. You stay here in the land of promise. We'll just, and it's not about, they weren't, they didn't cease being the tribes of God's people and cease being covenant people but they ceased being in the race. They ceased being on the front lines. To me, that's one of these uh, things that so easily, at least for myself, can trip me up. It's not that I, I, I don't so much feel like I'm in danger of rejecting the Lord or turning away from the truth that I know of the Lord in scripture, but it's more dangerous for me to decide, you know, life's good and comfortable and cleaned up, and uh, things are all right, so I'll just not be maybe on the front line of passion of following Jesus, or I'll not be as willing as I was to surrender all the parts of my life. I'll just kind of back off and take it easy. It's so subtle and so nuanced, that, and it happens so gradually, sometimes it's hard to pick up, but then I can find myself way slowed down in the race, or even out on the sidelines watching others do it, just because that temptation of, I had enough of comfort, maybe, but could say. It's uncomfortable to be uncomfortable, but it's where all the growth happens. It's where the Lord shows himself the strongest, when we're out there and we're trusting him and we're uh, not relying on our own strength and our own self. That's one whole category of things that can derail our race is the temptation to just slow down or to hop off or to go backwards instead of forwards. God's call to us is keep running, keep moving forward, one step in front of the other, keep trusting Jesus. Remember the things that he did in the past, but let him keep developing our testimony and our story and our experience of who he is and what he's done in and through us. Second category, things that can really derail our race in the Lord, our our journey of faith. And it's this, the temptation to not stick together as the people of God, the temptation to not love one another well. It's a big factor in finishing the race well. Scripture is full of the commandment and encouragement to love one another. Looked at lots and lots of verses this week about that. And I wanted to bring you this one from Philippians chapter two. Paul's writing to the believers there about loving one another, about being one, just as Jesus prayed in the garden to his father before he went to the cross for us. May they be one just as the father and I, Jesus and the father are one. And that same spirit Paul wrote, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind. And purpose, of course, everyone 's not going to agree on everything in life or have the same preferences on everything, but being of one mind in the Lord, one mind in Christ being one in Jesus, we studied this uh, particular well, the whole book, but this particular verse in seminary and it 's one of my favorites when it, because the picture that the original language of the Greek gives us is uh, it paints this picture of Standing together, shoulder to shoulder, contending for the faith and for the gospel. I love that picture. Standing together, shoulder to shoulder, contending together, bringing about the glory of the Lord, bringing about the kingdom of God in our day. The thing about it is, it's really easy, at least in my experience as humans, to get bumped off of that. Because on this side of heaven, we get hurt. We, we hurt each other, sometimes on purpose, quite often by accident, inside the, the people of God and outside. Uh, there's not any of us in this room that haven't encountered some relational hurt at some time or another. It could be physical hurt. It could be psychological hurt. It could be emotional hurt at the hands of somebody else. And of course, when that happens, it causes us to want to divide, to want to separate, to want to not be so shoulder to shoulder contending together, but to be put away because we don't want to be hurt anymore. But then here's this verse in Hebrews about the race that we're running in the Lord and says to be, to be stripped down or to lay down that heavy weight that slows us down. And to not be tripped up into the sin. So how do we manage this? Well, I brought a prop with me. And uh, it's my wife's kettlebell. It's an exercise thing. This little guy is 15 pounds, which doesn't sound like quite much. It doesn't look like quite much. But I'll tell you, even holding it up here, walking around even from the first service, it gets heavy really quick. But I brought this with me to try to illustrate what happens when someone hurts us, physically hurts us, emotionally hurts us, uh, breaks a, a relationship, breaks a confidence and trust, uh, any manner and all manner of hurt and brokenness that things that happen. When somebody hurts us, they hand us two things, two things that are related, but they're not the same. The first is whatever the hurt is. If it's a physical hurt, your body shows a bruise. If it's a heart hurt, you might not see it on the outside, but there's, there's scar tissue there. There's, um, it stung. It hurt. It was disappointing. So whatever happened, the effects of that on our person happened to us. We didn't sign up for that. We didn't ask for that. But any of us and all of us at one time or another have received it. Now there's a second thing that gets handed to us when someone hurts us. In addition to, right alongside of, the pain or the place of hurt or the place of brokenness. And it's like this, the second thing is like this weight. It's like an anchor that gets dropped down into our spirit, a heaviness. It it comes when we remember what happened, or what was said, what was done. Uh, we remember the damage, we think about the damage that uh, we've incurred or experienced or felt, the loss. There's what happened in itself, and then there's this anchor of when we think about it. And it is a heavy weight. So in happening that, we get handed this heavy weight. Now we're carrying it around. And at first we say, well, sure, who doesn't get through life and, you know, doesn't get a few hard knocks. So everybody's got their weight to carry, so I'll I'll carry my weight, doesn't feel like much. But again, I'm telling you, even this little thing up here, I'm starting to feel it. And if only we only got hurt once, right? If there was only one weight in our hands, that might be something, but it's not just once. There's many things in different seasons of our life, some big heavy ones, some little ones. And so then our hands get quite full and we start slowing down and bending over And getting tired and saying, this race is exhausting. We're carrying all this around. Here's the good news. Is that this thing of being one, this thing of being uh, in agreement in the Lord, especially for us as the people of God, is really important to Jesus. He prayed for it. He modeled it. He commanded it. He encourages us in it. And he gives power, spiritual power, to make it possible. Now, what do I mean by that? So we get handed the hurt, whatever thing that happened, and we get handed the anchor, the weight that goes down into our spirit. We're walking around. Now, this thing is mine. It was handed to me. It's mine. I can do whatever I want with it. I can carry it. That's not... Ultimately, that's pretty tiring. I can... When I feel angsty, I can take it out and I can shine it up and I can relive what happened and uh, ruminate on it and go over and over again. It's mine. I can build an addition on it. I could add some pounds. (laughs) more time I think about it, I can add some things. Oh, and they did that too, and they said that too. I forgot about that. I can keep it handy uh, in case I need to hit you with it. because I might be sick of carrying it, and it might be a a handy weapon in my hand. I can do all those things, or because this is mine, I can take this offense, some people call it a resentment, the remembering, that heavy weight that comes in remembering and reliving and replaying the tapes of the hurt that happened, I can take it and I can set it down and leave it. Now, that shouldn't work. (laughs) It shouldn't work. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. That's some of the hardest work we do. But it is simple. It's as simple as deciding to and actually laying it down. Saying, I have every right to be mad. What happened really was wrong. Uh, It's not blowing it off. It's not giving the person a free pass and saying, oh, well, just, you know, making excuses. It's saying, no, this thing that happened to me, it was really wrong, and it did really hurt, and this is this really thing. And I do have a right to carry that thing around. But I also have, in the Lord, an opportunity to set it down. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can set it down, and then I'll get hungry or angry or lonely or tired or in a bad mood or stressed, and then I'll want to pick it back up again. I'll show you. I'll carry this heavy weight around. That'll teach you. (laughs) So we need God's love, his mercy, his power. We need a spiritual power that's more powerful than ourselves to set it down and have it stay down. But Jesus offers that. He promises that. So we we lay down the burden that we have every right to carry, and we say, God, I, I don't want this anymore. In light of the forgiveness that I've received in Jesus, I choose to lay that down. And I ask for God's power to keep it down, to really let go of it. It's a, it's a step of faith. It's a trusting God. Well, God, what if they don't get their just desserts? <laughs> It's trusting God that God to leave it there is to put that in his hands and it takes that burden off of me. Now it's not up to me to make sure that they get theirs. Even though I still might feel some of that, that doesn't usually evaporate overnight. I might still have some literal or emotional scars. We work those things together in healing and in counseling and uh, in all kinds of ways where we process out and we heal from injuries. That's kind of a a related but separate track, but we don't have to carry around that heavy weight that weighs us down and derails our race, our journey in the Lord. Sometimes we get this confused too with reconciliation, forgiveness and reconciliation. They're close, but they're different things. To be reconciled with someone, which is normally a good thing, it takes two people, two or more. It takes a willingness on both parties to lay it down, to talk, to work together, to repair, to have a change of heart, all of that. And praise God when it happens. And God is in that business too. But sometimes reconciliation is not possible. Sometimes the other person isn't here anymore, or they're not sorry, or they're not in the least bit interested in reconciling, or the person is not safe. And to be reconciled would be putting ourselves in a place of danger, and it's that's not what the Lord wants. Reconciliation takes two people agreeing in the Lord to work on that. But forgiveness we can do irregardless of the other person, whether they're near or far, whether they're alive or not alive, whether they're sorry or not sorry. We can make this transaction with the Lord in our own will, in our own desire of the heart. Jesus, you forgave me. And in light of that, even though I have every right to this thing, I'm just going to lay it down. And God, give me the strength and the power to leave it there and fill up that place in me that instead of that weight, there's more of the Lord. There's more of the Holy Spirit. There's more of the life of Jesus. It's a big category of things that can derail us from the race. The temptation to slow down, to go backwards, or to give up. To say, that's enough. I ran far enough. I'm going to ride it out. The other temptation being, gosh, I've been hurt. And, and hurts are real. And to say, carrying them around, it's too heavy. And so I can't do this. But the Lord says, I'm running right beside you, right along with you. And if you drop the weight, I'll make sure you can do it. Not that it's easy, it's not. But it is simple and possible in the Lord. As we kind of think on these things, let's pray together. Just take a moment to pray together um, to see if There are things that we want to lay before the Lord figuratively here in front of the communion table, here in the Lord's presence in worship. And sometimes people say, well, okay, I I get what you're saying, but where do I start? Because if it was just like that, oh, that would be great. But sometimes it isn't just like that. Like Sometimes the laying it down happens in a moment, but there's a lot of stuff that gets worked through and talked through in our hearts before that. Well, that's okay too. What I like to say is, it's okay to come to the Lord and say, I don't know if I'm ready today to lay that down, but it makes sense, but I want to. And to begin a conversation with the Lord, and said, I want to. So can we interact over this, Lord? (laughs) I'm going to come back and pray about this. I'm going to search the scriptures. I'm going to share with a trusted other. Or sometimes we're not even there yet. Like, I don't want to want to. (laughs) It's okay to back it up and to tell the Lord, because he knows our heart. Honestly, God, I don't want to want to. So as a first step, can you work inside my heart that I do want to want to lay it down? God will meet us anywhere that we're at with this if we're coming to him because he loves us and he doesn't want us weighted down. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for calling us to this journey, to calling us, to giving us a race, a path marked out ahead. I thank you for calling us together, that we're not alone, that we're one body, that you've made that so. I thank you that you've given us each special an important path to run in the kingdom of God. Lord, we confess this morning that there's many things that bring difficulty, but you understand those things. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength and the courage to not slow down, to not go backwards, to not give up. God, we come before you all of us weighted down in different ways with things that have happened to us and things that have been hurtful and harmful. God, I don't know where, what would we do and where would we turn if it wasn't for you in the light of those things. But God, we know that you are the one who heals. You are the one that makes it possible to be set free, to be relieved of heavy loads. You called us to the race and you give us every bit of your spirit and your heart and yourself to enable us to do this, you run right alongside of us. Sometimes we forget you're there, but Jesus, we remember here and now in this moment that you are. As those things that have come to our hearts and minds this morning that need to be laid down, give us your grace to do that in light of how you've forgiven us. Give us the want to, or even the want to want to, Thank you for your kindness and your mercy and for setting us free. Jesus, in your good and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.